You're gonna eat lightning and crap thunder! Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 15 of the Retro Junkies. I am one of the co-hosts, Nick Stevens, and with me as always is Sir Robert Luther and the original Firestarter, eat your heart out prodigy, Landon Long. <laughs> wow! That was good! That <laughs> and of course, we do have a special guest this week. I believe uh, he comes from a long ways of Scranton, Pennsylvania. That's not really where you're from, is it, Artaria That's man? Where I was, that was where I was born and raised, so I guess that counts for something. I, don't I just know. love that Scranton PA, man. I hate it. The Electric City. I, I, what? The Electric right. City. <laughs> you, you know, like, you sent me that link the one day, and it's just like, I told them, I'm like, they're milking the crap out of that whole thing. I'm so glad it's over. I just, ugh. I'm a huge Office fan, sorry. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I work for Dunder Mifflin, too, so. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, so happy to have you on here, man. It's uh, been a long time coming. Well, you know, I just figured, you know, because I didn't get a shout out on the last show, I had to come and like take care of business, kind of speak. It was the other Nick's fault. It was. I, it was it, it always is. <laughs> I just, I just, I live under a bus. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I don't have to throw him anymore. Yeah. So, uh, so Nick, you know, how did we um, end up meeting? I, I can't remember exactly what what started everything. Um, you know, I had basically I was writing uh, reviews on. Uh, hubpages.com I had my own uh, little spot there and I was writing reviews and I uh, stumbled upon the podcast and uh, the page and I was reading about Skate or Die and I had sent <laughs> a uh, review in to kind of do something a little different from what I was doing and you were like sending me this message back like oh you should talk to Brian and get involved with RTM and now they're stuck with me so um <laughs> everybody is you know everybody goes oh why is he writing six articles every you can blame rob for that <laughs> technically it's rob's fault hey no the more articles the merrier man we're glad to have you uh as part of our community and uh yeah it's uh it's it's just something i do to keep myself going i i basically think to myself gee you have like a hundred thousand dollars in school debt because you took all these writing courses you might as well use it <laughs> absolutely man all right uh, first shout out we want to give as always is to our good friend brian who uh nick has already mentioned uh, by the way nick we're, nick demarco we're gonna have to call you tari man for the rest of the episode that's fine i i that's okay yeah where where uh with pride my friend i'll just i'll just call you captain shiny teeth for the rest of the show <laughs> Fair enough. I'm, I'm shocked it took that long. <laughs> I was waiting I was for waiting. it. I was waiting. I just, yeah. for my moment. So, uh, yeah, first shout out goes to our good friend Brian, who's designed our website, and he has his own hosting website, which is www.oneorangehost.com. So, if you want to start a gaming website or any other website for that matter, he's got great rates. Check out his uh, hosting website. Next shout-out goes to our buddy John Wedgworth. Uh, John is the uh, head administrator, I guess you would call it, of the Facebook page Nerd Noise Channel 1 and 2. Uh, they deal with video game music, chip tunes, which is normal songs like, let's say, Back in Black, but done with NES hardware to, uh, to replicate the NES sound, but with the same song. So uh, check John's uh, Facebook pages out. They are, again, Nerd Noise Channel 1 and 2. 
Check out Brent Dolan. He is a, uh, a really good friend of ours. Uh, he's a world record holder. Uh, great Facebook page he has, uh, Extended Play Arcade. So uh, check him out if you get the chance. And then a couple other podcasts we want to give shout-outs to is uh, uh, Ferg from Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast. He's got a weekly show about Atari games. Great show and very informative. And as a matter of fact, I want to give him a shout-out. He won. Uh, they had this uh, annual contest that they started on uh, the Atari Age forums. There's a huge forum thread called Two Worthy Podcasts. If you just go ahead and type that up in the search bar, you'll find it. It's huge. It's basically a group of guys who just talk about podcasts and everything. I think last year, the year before, they they started this annual Golden Potty Award, you know, for the best podcast of the year. And and uh, big shout out to my friend Ferg from Atari 2600. He won that Golden Potty this year. So congratulations, buddy. Oh, and another one, uh, No Quarter. We wanted to give them a shout out. They're a weekly show dedicated to classic arcade games. And then the next one, Excess Gaming Podcast. That's our buddies uh, James and Xander. They have a, I think they have a bi-weekly podcast and they cover modern and retro games so check them out good guys know a lot about games and the next one goes out to our new friend michael kelso at the retro thought pot um i got to listen to their first episode the other day real cool they um mm-hmm. kind of have a similar uh, theme as the 90s entertainment show but uh they're just going to talk about anything retro but they went over their uh, top three things from the 90s that were their kind of their favorite things of the 90s and they talked about the soda pop surge and talked about homer simpson and, uh, <laughs> i like the the Mickey Mouse Club. It was really cool. It's a, a real good, uh, uh, just a real good um, podcast. There, they got it got some kinks like everyone else to work out. Uh, I know they mentioned some sound things. I had we had the same problem at the NES podcast. Our first episode didn't sound too great, but we uh, worked out all the kinks. But uh, check those guys out. They're uh, affiliated with the Retro Junkies now and got their own Facebook. So uh, give them a check and give them uh, some support and like their Facebook page. Absolutely, I, I really enjoyed. It. I listened to it last night, as a matter of fact. And uh, my favorite quote from it was, "Oh gosh, I think Michael said it." Uh, he said, who needs brass knucks when you have an original Game Boy? So, <laughs> so that true. Like greatest, that's the greatest uh, quote I think I've ever, ever heard. <laughs> and, I, and I like Mike Kelso because he talked to me and he's actually not frightened. So uh, I apologize. <laughs> that they had about Michael Jordan trying to figure out if he was double A AA or triple A because that got me to thinking and I had to Google it. <laughs> well, yeah. Welcome, Michael. We're, we're so glad to have you part of the website. Uh, we, we think the world of your show. I definitely agree with what Nick said. So uh, next podcast I wanted to uh, talk about was uh, Turtle Flakes. Uh, we just finished our fifth episode where we talked about the second episode of 2003 series and uh, the volume four comics and the 2003 Shredder action figure and stuff. So we're on uh, we're on Facebook. You can check us out if you're a Ninja Turtles fan. It's facebook.com slash turtleflakespodcast. The next one goes out to our buddy uh, Dave at yourhomearcade.com. Again, Dave is an expert builder of arcade cabinets. He makes cocktail tables, stand-ups. He can do the multi-cades. I know the one he's got in the Retro Gamer, or the two he's got in the Retro Gamer, are the 80-game multi-cades, and they have everything from... Gosh, what do they got? They've got Galaga, Donkey Kong, 1942... Some modified versions of some classes like Turbo Miss Pac-Man, Turbo Pac-Man. Really neat guy, really nice, really humble. Uh, again, I've talked to him several times. He's just super duper nice. And uh, if you're in the Pigeon Forge area or the Johnson City area in Tennessee, be sure to give him a call and check them out. They'd love to have you come by and take a look at some of their machines. Also, our final shout out of the night goes to the Retro Gamer in Canton. Uh, Rob and Kelly have been awesome to work with. Uh, we're working with them on an event which we're going to talk about here in a little bit anything and everything you could want retro uh, the museum which me and rob we 
we went to that here a few weekends ago, and it was just awesome. Oh yeah, it was they had I swooned. He he did. I've got a picture of him swooning up there. Uh, <laughs> there there's a picture floating around somewhere too. I can't remember on whose phone of me and him like trying to be really really tough with the power glove on. Oh, I got uh, that one. I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> send that to you. <laughs> You put that on the website because you know we were trying to be bad with the power glove and it, it didn't work. But uh, <laughs> anyway, Rob and Kelly run a great store, the Retro Gamer. Uh, they have game consoles ranging from Atari 2600 on up to the newer stuff. If you're interested in buying, and if you want to go up and take a look at the museum, he's got a few uh, few machines up there that aren't in production anymore. I know he had a. Uh, a Sears and television or ColecoVision, I couldn't remember which one, but it was like an all white with wood grain paneling. It was it was pretty sweet to look at. Can't go wrong with wood grain. No, never. <laughs> of course, um, definitely want to promote the '90s Entertainment Show, the NES Podcast. We you can find us at Facebook.com/slash NES Podcast. Uh, Ryan and I have just recorded our tenth episode a few weeks ago, and we're uh, getting ready to record. It might be a week or so from now. We were going to try to do it this week, but with Thanksgiving, everything is a little bit hectic. But um, we are actually not going right back to 1990 quite yet. We're going to do a uh, our top five favorite Saturday Night Live characters slash skits from the 90s. So Ooh. you might hear any, yeah, you might hear anything from Matt Foley to the Spartan cheerleaders to uh, <laughs> Will Ferrell's Harry Carey. It, it's it's going to be great. So we're we're uh, going to kind of give our top five and then probably put some clips from the uh, from those shows in there. But we're, we're real excited about that. This was kind of Ryan's idea, just to kind of, before jumping back in 1990, do a cool like top five thing. So definitely check that out and drop us your uh, your top five or just you know your favorite one. A lot of people have been talking about Celebrity Jeopardy, things like that. So <laughs> bring, it, bring it back. Yeah, Sean yeah. Connery. I, I, I love Burt Reynolds when he comes out wearing that big hat. <laughs> so, that's my favorite. So he's just like, it's a big hat. It's funny. <laughs> it, it's, it's bigger than normal hats. <laughs> That, that might make my top five. I don't know yet, but uh, <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. I gotta watch that oh, one. It's so good. It's uh, <laughs> Nor- Norm Macdonald. He does Burt Reynolds. It's fantastic. Oh, Norm's <laughs> great. Yeah, but yeah, check that out. We're we're gonna record that soon, and then um, of course Retro Junior on the Retro Junkies website. It's uh, uh myself and my oldest son who just turned four last weekend. Uh, hey. We've got about yeah, <laughs> we got about three videos out there. So. You know, we're, we're gonna try to do Galaga. He's a which we finally found my 3DS, and he's been playing that a lot lately. So I can't get him pulled off that very much. <laughs> we're gonna try to do Galaga soon, and uh, just just check that out. It's, it's real funny. The last one was real cute because uh, he did not want to play Donkey Kong Jr. <laughs> Can we play the kept, Batman game? Yeah, he, he, he wanted to play Lego Batman so bad. And he just kept saying, "I want to play the Batman game." <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, "Come on, son, I want to make this a good video." <laughs> <laughs> you killed a kid. It kind of came out better that he, <laughs> he wanted to play Batman. So. Absolutely. Yeah, man. yeah. So check. That that out that's just you know every, every both the podcast and retro junior you can find on the retro junkies website so the the retro junkies.com all right and how about uh, you atari man uh we got a lot of stuff going on uh right now the one thing i'm really trying to promote the heck out of is my small business which is nick d's video game vault we're running a uh small business saturday sale on um That's Saturday of Black Friday and Sunday after it until midnight that evening. Uh, We're basically running where it's buy one game, get another game of equal or lesser value, uh, 50% off, and systems are 25% off. So, and I'm running that with with online sales as well as you know if anybody happened to be in 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 the area that I'm selling at. Um, some people have already been asking about things and have been sending me messages, and some people have already been getting some things from me, including that wonderful copy of Contra that Nick Stevens had that he. <laughs> 
you know, finally accomplished all his life goals and dreams on. But um, also my my good friend, uh, I got to mention Lord Chadwick of the SNES Empire, <laughs> which, uh, by the way, he just decreed uh, before I came on the show that oh. the uh, Sega Gems show has been officially canceled. Oh, and it's oh. been replaced by the uh, SNES Snacks program. <laughs> uh, he just wanted me to tell you guys that uh, he's a very busy man, Lord Chadwick. But uh, he's also bought some things off of me. So it, it's it's gone pretty well. And then also I'm working on, um, you know, I have six articles coming out for this next issue of RTM. Some more uh, reviews, including probably one of the most frustrating RPGs I think I've probably ever played. And I'll just leave it at that uh, it's from enix it's not and it's a saga that just is very annoying okay Ooh. okay so but <laughs> I've, I got mean, my, I've got an idea but i won't say anything but i mean that and uh, i worked on a little bit of a uh, kind of like a holiday guide for people who you know have gamers that are you know retro gamers and not sure where to start and where to go for the holidays and things like that so i worked on that so we have a lot of good things coming out for that uh, and the next issue, I'm, I'm already looking ahead to January. That's how hard I work at this stuff that I get paid nothing for. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, man. Like like we said, uh, we're, we're really big big fans of your work, and uh, I can't wait to read them, man. Especially that Enix game. I kind of have a feeling I know what it is. Did you tell me what it was earlier? Or did, or I, I, smart? Believe I, I, believe, I believe I did. Okay, well, then I'm just, you know, I don't remember you telling me. <laughs> I thought I actually figured it out. <laughs> All right, well, um, I guess we got a few announcements we just want to get uh, get out of the way real quick before we jump into it. We just want to remind the listeners, if you're in the Western North Carolina region, uh, Retromania is going to be held. It's it's a, a thing that we started. It's going to be a tournament uh, consisting of three classic arcade games, Galaga, Donkey Kong, and Miss Pac-Man. And pretty much the combined high score will win, a, will win the tournament and win a prize, of course. And uh, pretty much all the proceeds in order to get in will um, go to... Was the Luke Gibson family landed? Uh, yeah, the Luke Gibson family. Uh, we're going to charge $5 to get in, which is, you know, it's not bad. But all that, all those proceeds are going to go to the Luke Gibson family. We're going to try to have some food. We're going to try to have a few other things, some door prizes, stuff like that to give away. So I uh, definitely want you all to try to come out. We're talking with the, the Gibson family and going to try to see if we can set up an account for folks who, who want to try to donate and try to help out and who just can't make it to the event. We're going to try to set up an a, account for y'all to, to send donations that way. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this the other day, and, you know, you see all these news articles slamming gamers. Oh, they're violent sociopaths. They're, <laughs> you know, they they don't have any social interaction, you know. And I think I think this event is, is one of those things that shows, no, not really. We're, we're good people. You know, we like to play games. We're passionate about our games. But at the same time, we like to help others out that we can help, you know. Well said, man. You know, big shout out to the Retro Gamer for letting us do this because, you know, basically we, we probably all have to sit around Landon's laptop and play uh, some of these games on MAME or something if we did a tournament. <laughs> yeah, so, you don't want to do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> you would get to see Landon's baby. That, that would be kind of nice. But that, that, you know, yeah, big, big shout out to uh, uh, the Retro Gamer for allowing us to do this. We're really excited. So, again, that's going to be on January 18th, 2014. So, send us an email or something if you have any questions about it or want to find out any way to help. Our email is theretrojunkies at theretrojunkies.com. Also, the uh, Retro Junkies Network. Uh, we want to expand any family-friendly cartoon, music, wrestling, gaming, or movie podcast that would like to join up with us. Let us know. 
We just want to uh, join up with like-minded people who love all things retro. If you're interested, please send us an email at theretrojunkies at theretrojunkies.com. We just, you know, want to want to reach out there and, and meet some more like-minded folks. You know, this is uh, this has been a really neat experience. I guess I'm speaking from personal experience here. Just meeting all the folks who are, are like-minded and kind of have similar memories of the same things that I, you know, experienced growing up, and and different points of view on those same things. You know, some folks may have seen one movie or game one way, totally opposite the way I saw it, and it's really cool to kind of see how. Yeah, definitely, definitely. The more, the merrier. That's right. So, uh, and then the last thing we want to say is we want to welcome a, a couple of new members to our site. Insane David, I believe he was a writer at uh, RetroGamingTimes.com who wrote the NES Cade ongoing column. Big, big fan of his work. Uh, Loman31, we want to welcome him. And R.K. Worth, I think that's uh, Robin Kelly Worth from the Retro Gamers. So we welcome all three of you. Uh, welcome to the website. <laughs> All right, Landon, take it away, my man. Did you find any retro news? I did. Um, I went to one of my reliable retro gaming websites, Retro Game Network. They had a really nice article that was posted November 22nd of this year. It was Retro Game Network remembers video game launch titles from every generation of gaming. And it just kind of gives a little segue, opening paragraph, if you will, you know, talking about the release of the new consoles, the Wii U, the PS4, the Xbox One, but that... If it hadn't been for the games prior, the games and the game systems prior to that, those systems wouldn't be being launched today. And then it starts with the uh, the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, with the launch titles that came out when they were released, and the box art for each game, what it looked like when it came out. And it does this all the way from the Atari Twenty Six Hundred to the uh, the PS Four and the Xbox One, and it's really really cool because it has the the Japanese releases. And the American releases, if they were different, it's really cool to see how they were kind of, kind of similar but kind of different. Nice, nice. Yeah, I saw a real cool article on IGN. It's about a uh, Earthbound cartridge, and it was a, originally from the a guy who just uh, got diagnosed with cancer, and the cartridge was sent to the creator of Earthbound. And I'm going to probably get this name all wrong, but uh, Shigasato Itoi. <laughs> but uh, he, he, he had signed this, and it says for James, and it has his uh, signature on it. And they're actually going to be selling this cartridge uh, to benefit his, um, his diagnosis, uh, to benefit the, the cancer uh, you know, study and everything. So I thought that was real cool. They're going to um, put it out on a website called Fangamer on December 1st. So if there's anybody that has lots of cash to drop, because I know the Earthbound cartridge without the original uh, <laughs> creator's signature cost a hundred, you know, a couple hundred dollars. So this, I thought that was real cool that he he did this. And um, apparently there's these big, uh, I had no clue when I, until I read this, that there's a uh, Earthbound bash and they stream they do some streaming for six hours, and it, 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 they do more charities and things, and there's a full playthrough of Earthbound uh, with live music and appearances from special guests and everything. So, um, yeah, so read up more on that. It's at, it's at IGN.com, and it's just a real cool thing. I like seeing these, uh, you know, these classic uh, creators actually giving back and, you know, n- knowing that that cartridge was that much money already and then putting your signature on it. That's, that's a great thing for charity. So I thought that was real cool. Yeah, I agree. That That's another way, you know, I, I think that, you know, with gaming, believe it or not, it's a great opportunity to help people out. How about you, uh, Tari Man? I actually found an article on a site called Retro Collect, and uh, I'm not really a big fan of these myself, but I see why people like them. Basically, creators of these uh, EverDrive carts, which are, for those who don't know, they're basically like your standard cartridge, but it has a slot in it 
for putting an SD card in so you can put whatever games you want, but still have the feeling of having a cartridge, they are coming out with one for the original Game Boy. And they basically are working on it, and they're not sure about as far as the price yet or release date, um, but basically the great things about it that are making it a little bit different from some other um, ever drives for the Game Boy is there seems to be a spot there for for almost like a battery pack, which means games like your Pokemon Red Blue, your Zelda Link's Awakening, Final Fantasy Legend uh, could also be played similar without having the actual cartridges, just having them on the SD card. They're not sure whether it's going to be compatible with Game Boy Color ROMs yet. They're still kind of tweaking with that, but... It's kind of something that for a lot of people who were kind of thrown off or not as excited about the other EverDrive versions of this, uh, they're really looking forward to it. There seems to be quite a bit of buzz uh, about it. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So, so it's an SD card that uh, has all these games flashed onto it? Yeah, you can basically put what, what ROMs you want on there, but oh, it works. Nice. But it works as your standard, you know, Game Boy card. It'll essentially be like a Game Boy cart with a little slot in there for an SD card that you can put into your Game Boy. Um, they've had them. I even know some people have them actually for the Atari 2600. They actually oh, have nice. one little Atari, black Atari cart filled with the uh, all the games that they want. Um, but, I mean, yeah, they were saying in the article that, uh, you know, for people who have been waiting for this, it's time to stock up on AA batteries. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so, um, but yeah, that's. I, it was an interesting article that I, I found about that. I mean, I've always been a big fan of the original Game Boy, but not as big of a fan of the uh, the EverDrive stuff. Just not really my thing. I like having the actual cartridges, but I I see why people like to have them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I can. That's how I feel. You know, I've I. Love the the uh, fact that there's a lot of convenience with that. You can play all the games you want. But then again, I think like sometimes there's something lost. I don't know. You know, Rob McCallum, he kind of touched on it in the last episode. You know, there's a story behind just about every game that you get. Yeah. Um, and that's lost when you have all these games kind of flashed onto one thing. But again, you know, if, if you're just wanting, uh, I don't know, to play a game you've never played before, uh, it would be very convenient to have uh, that flashed onto a chip or something like that and play it on your, your home right. console. Like, I still think that's more fun than playing, say, you know, on your keyboard, on your computer or something like that. You still are playing it on an authentic console. So that's one nice benefit. I mean, like, what do you guys think? You know, I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of like Atari Man on this. I kind of like having the physical cartridge myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's nice to, to say, oh, I've got 5,000 games on one cartridge. You know, I've got the entire Game Boy Advance library. But, you know, at the same time, do you really have it? I mean... And it kind of, like you said, goes back to Rob McCallum. Each cartridge has a story. And that's kind of the, the big part that I like about retro collecting is, yeah, this game came from, like, I've got a copy of Tecmo Soccer for the NES in there. And it says Azul on it. And I'm like, well, who was Azul? Why did he want to draw on his cartridge? <laughs> why, why, did he, why did he mark five bucks for it? You know, I mean. Azul, he was the guy in the fridge. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. He was the the gate. No, he wasn't the gatekeeper or the key master, was he? <laughs> Demon guy, whatever he was. Sorry, that was an obscure Ghostbusters reference there. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. You got to sneak at least one or two of those in a show. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of you know yeah, it's a good thing to have, I guess, if you're just wanting the games. But if you're wanting to collect the game and collect the the story of the game, then 
you got to go with the physical carts for each individual game. How about you, Nick? Would you be interested in something like this? Uh, not really. I have other means of portable emulation. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm definitely a, a collector at heart, like you guys talked about. I, I like to get the real thing. Um, and I, I've, I've seen these type of, uh, this type of product before. I know Game Boy Advance had something similar to it years ago, and I, a friend of mine had it, and he was... You know, he had like every Game Boy Advance game possible in that little cart, and you know it, it, it's definitely convenient. But um, it just kind of takes the fun out of collecting. I I love love getting the original, uh, you know, the original cartridges and the original games and having them in hand and having that story along. I'd, and I'd, I I kind of mentioned this in the last episode, but I I love going through my collection and just pointing. Okay, I ordered ordered this off of Amazon. I found this at a flea market that was at a yard sale. <laughs> my brother gave me this. It's just it's just cool to do that. I don't know. But, so it's just kind of the collector in me. <laughs> well, uh, you know, speaking of that, I, I don't mean to get too off topic here, but I want to ask: Have you guys um, ha- ever had any truly crazy stories of how you found a game, or or how you had to get a game? I do. I I have one that's not necessarily crazy, but it was just shows that, and I'm not just saying this because she's sitting on the couch <laughs> right by me, but my fiance has a better eyesight than I do, uh, much better, and has more optimism when we because you know the majority of you know the things for my business are scoped out at you know yard sales and and flea markets because I'm not somebody who's gonna buy something off of eBay spend tons of money and then have to you know charge even more you know to my customers to make the difference you know I try to find things as good of a deal as I can this past summer we just we're just such flea market junkies and and yard sale junkies (laughs) and one weekend we we went out looking at uh, yard sales not far from our neighborhood, and we went to one. And I, I said, I just don't have a good feeling about this place. I just really don't. You know, I, you just kind of—I'm somebody who kind of judges by what you see as soon as you walk up, and it's kind of like, eh. And there was a sign at this one place, and it said, "More stuff in the back in the garage." And I'm trying to find how you get to this. It's like, do I need a map? Like, <laughs> I can't. I'm trying to find this garage, and I finally, you know, basically walked through someone's yard, you know, admired their awesome grill that they had in the back, and then saw this uh, this garage. And on the outside, I saw all these, like, old Christmas decorations and trains, and I'm like, oh, this isn't going to be good. And my fiance, my fiance Kathy's like, no, no, this is really – it's going to be good. You just, you just watch. You just wait and see. And as we get closer, I'm, I said, is that – what is that? And sitting there – Still in the factory seal was Mario Paint complete, everything. Nice. Wow. The, uh, the 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 mouse, the pad, everything. It still had the J.C. Penney's catalog sticker on it. <laughs> oh, wow. And uh, they only wanted twelve dollars for it. And, I wonder how much that goes for. Oh uh, well, I sold it for ninety dollars online. Nice. Nice. Wow. So, but it, it, I actually had pictures of it in my old phone. Of I had it, you know, sitting on my uh, on our kitchen table, and it was just all day. My fiance's joking. Oh, we'll never find anything at this place. It's terrible. <laughs> like, oh uh, yeah, I know. Like, yeah, they remind you. <laughs> probably the best one of those I ever had was back in the day. Uh, my cousin he lived, you know, down the road from the high school, and we were, you know, just kind of hanging out, and we saw the janitors, you know, hauling huge bins of garbage out. It was, you know, the last day of school. Everybody had cleaned out their lockers and everything and the janitor's like hey there's some pretty good stuff in these boxes if you guys want it you know we're just throwing it away feel free to take it so you know we're digging through and we found you know school supplies like we got our notebooks and pencils for next year and all that stuff and a couple of backpacks that were really nice (laughs) find this walmart bag in the bottom of a backpack 
and I'm like, man, this backpack's heavy. There's there's got to be something good in here. Open it up. There is a Model One Sega Genesis and Sega CD. Nice. With all the hookups, two controllers, three Sega CD games, and one uh, Genesis game. And we kind of look at each other and we're like, is this real? <laughs> <laughs> Did we just find like a Sega Genesis and CD all together? And, you know, come to find out we did. We took it back to his place, hooked it up, it worked. And, you know, we just kept it over there and played it over at his house whenever I'd come over and visit. And eventually he's just like, hey, man, you want to, you want the CD and the, the Genesis? I'm moving. I don't need it. So I ended up with that. And that's, that's the Genesis I have to this day is my dumpster Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is one, sto- one story that kind of, this is a little embarrassing. When uh, we had a, PlayStation when I was in middle school and it, it stopped working. It was one of those PlayStations you had to flip up on the side a little bit and uh, it, this is just kind of a bad story. My brother worked at Walmart at the time. He, he went out and bought a brand new PlayStation and he takes it in and he does this for me for Christmas. I didn't know this till years later. So he, he brings a new PlayStation in and replaces the new one, puts it on my shelf and then takes the broken one, sticks it in the new box oh. and, then take, and then takes it back to Walmart. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so for all those years I was playing a uh, ripped off PlayStation. Didn't even know it. <laughs> Oh, uh, not bad. I had no clue. <laughs> I, it was hard for me to find anything, but I, I went to AtariAge.com and I found out that there are three uh, homebrew games that are out uh, for the Atari 2600. There's a game called Space Rocks, which is a mix between Asteroids and Asteroids Deluxe. It was programmed uh, by Daryl Spice Jr. and it's one of two players. Uh, it's definitely much prettier than the original 2600 port. Uh, and you can go head to head or co op mode. Seaweed Assault, that's the next one. This was programmed by Dave, by Dwayne Allen Hahn, and it says here, you must definitely pilot your manatee, avoiding seaweed that could damage your vessel, as well as <laughs> rothopods. Uh, your goal is to keep the sea lanes free of seaweed by blasting them with torpedoes. So that was one. And then there was another one that really is kind of mysterious. It's an old prototype that was finally released called Exion. Uh, I think I'm saying that right. I really don't know a thing about it. I don't know who programmed it. I just know it was a prototype that was just now released uh, this month. So, again, that's Space Rocks, Seaweed Assault, and Exion. They're, uh, all three are on AtariAge.com if you want to check it out. Landon, what retro games have you been playing, my man? Oh, let's see. I've been playing two really good classic NES games. Uh, first one, you know, I saw Atari Man's and Nick's transaction online. So I, I broke out Contra and started playing it and got really, really into that. Got about halfway through and kept dying. So that's, that's about the time I decided to put in Mike Tyson's punch out and get punished even more. <laughs> it's like, I hate I this game. It's so hard. I'm going to put a harder game on. <laughs> I'm going to put Mike Tyson in, but no, I, uh, been playing that. I really like Mike Tyson's punch out. I forgot how much, how fun that is. That's, that's just a, a fun game. Mm hmm. Yeah. Good music, too. I never had the version with Mr. Dream. I always had the Mike Tyson. Did y'all ever have the Mr. Dream version of uh, it? Yeah, but I got that one. No, see, I remember when I was going to school, we used to pick on the kids that had the Mr. Dream version. Oh, man, <laughs> figures. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's how we were, too. We always picked on the on the kids that had Mr. Dream. We're like, what's the matter? Can't you get Mike Tyson? And, you know, not knowing <laughs> what he had done at the time to go to jail. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like Landon said, I got the awesome Contra cartridge from the Atari man. Thank you, man. That was a good deal I got there. And uh, finally, you can you can cue some victory music or something here. After twenty plus some years of trying to beat this game without the thirty lives code, I did it. Finally, <gasps> I, I, had, 
<laughs> yeah, I had I had used all my continues, and I was at I was at the last boss with uh, like two lives left. So and and what what kind of prompted me to try it again? I uh, I popped it in, and of course I did the Konami code, got my thirty lives, and I beat the game. And when I when I beat it, I realized I probably only died like maybe ten or twelve times. So I wow. thought, you know, I I could probably do this. And uh, so it only took me about two tries, and I, I was able to get f- through the first five levels without even dying. It's uh, when, yeah, it's when you get to the uh, the hangar, I think it's called, mm-hmm. uh, with all the flames coming out. I had a little trouble there. I, I did use a continue or two there. But once I got past that stage, it was kind of a breeze. But uh, nice. I, I did film this, and I, I didn't put it on Facebook. But um, at the beginning of the last stage, I had the, I had the spreader gun, and I, I was just rolling with it. And uh, stupid me, I jumped too early on a, on a platform and just fell down a hole. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I beat this game. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Because if you had that spreader gun, it's kind of overpowered, uh-huh. anyways. But uh, man, I was so upset, and so and I, I was kind of shocked I beat it with the regular gun, but I did. So, <laughs> and if anyone saw that on the on the junkies Facebook page, I got a little excited, like a like a little kid. <laughs> I was like, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Of, course, of course, my son's sitting there holding the phone, like, "Are you done, Daddy? Are you done?" <laughs> I'm a Batman game now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then my youngest son's down there. You can hear him in the background beating a uh, bowl with a spoon. <laughs> and that's what you do when you beat Contra. You beat a bowl with a spoon. That's uh, he, yeah. He knows. It's yeah. a drum roll. <laughs> yeah. Right. So Telling tell the world you killed Contra. <laughs> oh, it was so fantastic. I, I, I never dreamed I could do that, and I finally did. So. Man, good for you, man. That, yeah, that's not I, an I, easy game. No, and, and I, I really want to try to like stream the whole game to kind of prove I did it. Videotape it, maybe give some pointers here or there, like how I did it. I don't know. That's a that's something I might do in the future. Oh, but that could um, be a new oh, series. Yeah, here you go. How to beat Contra without uh, cheating. But uh, <laughs> how to beat Contra with Nick Stevens. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it has that. like a picture of you with a thumbs up next to the card. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could use like a smooth Barry White voice, like "Hello, fans. Yeah. We're going to play Contra today." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But um, other than Contra, I also got a copy of them. I, I gave a copy of this away at, in the NES podcast, and I went on and bought me another copy. It was uh, Bad News Baseball. Uh, it's one of my, my favorite baseball game on the NES. So I started playing that, and uh, something funny I, I realized, uh, whenever you play a season on that, it gives you a pass, password to continue it. And uh, I thought it was so funny with technology today. Instead of writing it down in a notebook, I just took a picture of the screen with my cell phone. <laughs> so, I was like, wow, that, that's kind of convenient. You know, I don't have to worry about writing these passwords down anymore. There you so, go. Yeah, but I, I love that game. I, I picked the team Boston, and yeah, I just hit home runs like crazy with those guys. So, yeah, I, I, that's one of those games, sports games that'll never get old to me. But yeah, that's all I've really been playing. Nice, nice. How about you, Atari Ben? Uh, you know, I I don't I'm you know I don't want to really uh, you know set this thing in, into a somber mood. But uh, as some of you know, uh, we uh, my fiance lost her uh, stepmother recently. Mm. Uh, she lived down in Alabama, and she was a uh, really big retro gamer and uh, she had this huge uh, box of games a lot of them that were in the original boxes and a lot of them were in sleeves and um, you know a lot of really great stuff and uh, I was given the wonderful gift of inheriting all of this uh, and I started going through it so uh, I've been playing games like uh, Mega Man 3 it was really cool to play the original Zelda and see that she still had a file on there, and she was really far. In, she was really far in it. She was on the second quest, you know, playing games like that. And uh, I've also been playing Final Fight Two a lot at my wonderful third shift job. Once all my chores are done, I play that for a little bit on the uh, the Wii because I have things on the SD card and on the Wii, and I 
play with the classic controller. So those have been uh, pretty much just going through this this stuff that I've been inheriting that I, you know, testing it to make sure it works and everything and just, you know, going through that but also playing uh, Final Fight, some Donkey Kong Country as well. Uh, pretty much that's been it lately. Nice, nice. There's a lot of good games there, man. Well, for me, uh, I haven't played a whole lot. I, I did finally, you know, after we discussed the topic about the games we have backlogged, you know, games we've been meaning to play for so long, I finally uh, uh, dug out a few games that uh, I hadn't played since I bought. And the first one was Heavy Shredding for the NES. Have you guys ever played this one? I don't no. think I have. No. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's okay. It's, it's a skiing game. Um, it kind of reminds me of Skate or Die, but not as well done. It's a 19, I, I kind of did a little research on it. It's a 1989 Parker Brothers game that was developed by Imagineering Inc. There's um, Poser Peak, Scary Summit, and Mount Mortify. Those are the three slopes. The way it's structured, it's kind of disorienting when you're going down the hill because, I don't know, it, it's the way the camera angle is, it's hard to find out you know, if you're to the right side or the left side of a tree. So I, I ended up skiing in a tree like every five seconds. And then finally, when you get game over in the game, you get this uh, game over screen, shows your score, and it shows this reindeer looking at you like in shame. So, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> that's like, what reindeer do. Yeah, yeah. Like, geez, man. You couldn't do any better than that. And I could, I really couldn't get past Poser Park or uh, Poser Peak. But, yeah, you do get checkpoints uh, midway through to kind of extend your time when you're going through each one. And one weird thing that I took a note of was, you know, when you're doing the slalom skiing, you, not only do you dodge trees, you dodge other skiers. Well, the further down you get uh, of Poser Peak, you get these skiers that somehow ski uphill and then smash you or, or crash <laughs> into you. They ski uphill. I don't know how they do that. <laughs> I was like, how's that possible? But yeah, so um, overall, it, it's a decent game. I, I think I only paid about a dollar or two for it. Uh, you know, I think if I dedicated a lot more time to it, I'd probably enjoy it a little bit more. It, it wasn't terrible, and the music's actually pretty good. So I've been playing a little bit of that. I played a little bit more of Donkey Kong Jr., and I got a little bit further along in it. I finally made it past the uh, the key stage, which is, I guess, stage four. Uh, finally made it past it. And, you know, the more I've played it, the more I definitely agree with what you guys said in the last episode. I do feel like this is a little bit easier than the original Donkey Kong. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the more I played it, you know, I, I guess I was kind of rushed last time when we went to review it. But the more I played it this week... When I wasn't as rushed and I could actually dedicate a little bit more time to it, it was a lot easier. And uh, I feel like I could have gotten even further. Like I, I got past the key stage and then I went – I guess the first stage is um, – I don't know which one that one's called. But then the second stage with the vine and the springboard, I got to that point again. Uh, and my score was I think 35,000 something, um, which was much higher than it was before. So uh, I'm going to definitely keep playing that. I really like that game. It's really grown on me a lot. Another one I played that I hadn't played since I bought it was Astro Warrior for the Sega Master System. Uh, and I didn't know that the RF adapter for the Nintendo works for the Sega Master System as well. So I just I just unhooked the, the my top loader NES, the RF thing in it, and I just played it in the back of the Sega Master System, and it worked fine. So I was like, yes! So I, I played <laughs> a little bit of that. I uh, really like this game. It's a, it's a very simple shooter. I think there are only three main levels, but it's fun. But it's, you know, it's one of those games that's easy to pick up and hard to master. I really did like it. Uh, and I'll definitely be playing more of that. And a game I'll definitely be playing more of uh, beside that is Shining Force. I kind of have a tradition that I always try to beat Shining Force between Thanksgiving and December. I don't know where it started, but it's just something I, I keep on doing. I, I just love that game so much. So 
So, yeah, I've been playing that. And the last thing I've done, uh, this isn't a game I was playing, but this is a DVD um, that I bought uh, probably about six months ago, and I finally watched it again. It's called Classic Gamer. And have you guys ever heard of this? This is a very popular um, online review site, ClassicGameRoom.com, I believe it is. I don't think I've heard of that one. Okay, well, what's cool about this is um, Classic Game Room was pretty much the first internet video review site dedicated to classic games. And I forget the host's uh, name and stuff, but they they were out um, in the late 90s, in like 1999 and 2000. They were the first ones to kind of, it was just two guys, I think they were two college guys that would review the, or take these funny reviews of classic games. And they they were great. Like one of my favorite ones is where they review the X-Men game for the Sega Genesis and they, they are just hilarious. Like, they have their own powers in that one, uh, in that review. I just really, really enjoy this. So um, if you're a fan of Classic Game Room and you haven't seen their DVD, it's really good. It kind of talks about, you know, what they did in order to get on this website, which was really interesting. It was like a college project they were working on. And then the website ended up closing down because of the dot-com crash in the early 2000s. So, and then it was revived, I think, in 2005 with one of the co-hosts, but not the other one. I think the other one kind of went off and did his own thing for his own career. But yeah, really interesting DVD. So, uh, again, that's Classic Game Room. So, uh, check that out. In 1999, a show debuted on the internet that changed the world forever. very influential about how people now cross the street and rivers. Dying here. Well, it doesn't seem to work as well. <laughs> that looks like it hurt. What it comes down to is Dave's expendable. I often wonder, where did it all go wrong? We lived the non-stop high-octane lifestyle that is being a low-budget internet video game review show host. If the game room is not going anywhere because we, of you. Can we get book cabin? No, it's too hot. I don't think we had any other intentions but to torture him slowly. Good morning. What else is there to do, really? The money was coming in even faster than we could count it. Stock options, dividends, billions of dollars. I don't think that you guys understand exactly how profitable the game room has become. High definition graphics. 16 Arcade quality. Things didn't work out as planned. We were canceled so abruptly in October of 2000 that we had Game Room episodes half complete that we just had to leave. We invented this online game review. You're welcome. In the end, nothing was left but our shattered dignity. A few blurry memories and the classic episodes of Game Room. One forum topic that was started by one of our new members was, by the way, his name is Loman31, was how do you guys collect games? And I think we've already touched on this a little bit, but Landon, how do you specifically collect games? Is there a certain thing you look for? I mean, are you just collecting games because you want to complete a list? How do you collect? A lot of them are, the one, a lot of the ones I like to collect are games that, you know, I didn't have as a kid and I really wanted and I just either couldn't afford it or couldn't you know couldn't find it in the store when i had the money to get it or you know i like to i do that a lot of reviews like if 
I read somewhere and somebody's like, oh, you know, you gotta you gotta try this game out. You know, I'll I might emulate it first, and if I like it, I'm like, okay, you know, that that's worth buying. So, uh, I guess a lot of mine would probably be through emulation first, just to kind of get a feel of it. And if I really like it, then you know, I get the the cartridge and the or the the CD as it may be with you know the the newer games on the Saturn, PlayStation One, such. So it's a good way to save a lot of money that way. <laughs> it is. It saves a lot of money, but then there are some games, you know, like. I don't know. I'm trying to think of one that I got here recently that just I got it because I thought it was cool. I guess Willow for the NES. You know, I I know it's a random game, but uh, I love that game. It is. It's fun. I mean, I I played it the other day and I looked at the clock. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been playing this for two and a half hours. I better I better do some work around the house first. Uh, I saw it in Nintendo Power when I was a kid, and I always thought it looked kind of cool. And then I saw it, you know, at the Retro Gamer, and Rob's like, oh, you know, I'll cut you a deal on it, you know. Lo and behold, I got it, and you know it was it was a good investment. But that just I guess a lot of mine was was childhood and and trial and error based would mm. be how I collect. And and un- unfortunately, I was one of those upgrader guys. Um, you know, when, when I had my Nintendo to get a Super Nintendo, I sold all my Nintendo stuff. You know, from oh, Super Nintendo yeah. to PlayStation, I sold all my Super Nintendo. It, it just kind of kind of kept happening that way. And you know, about I don't know about four or five years ago, I decided I was going to start collecting again. And I, I usually try to hit the games that brought back the most memories for me. Um, I first and foremost went after like King Griffey Jr. Baseball and Super Nintendo, which is one of my all-time favorite games. Yeah, yeah I, I loved the sports games back in the day. So like NBA Live '95, probably the only basketball game I really got into. And then um, you know, and all the Nintendo games I love, like Ninja Gaiden and things like that. Now I'm kind of at the point where I got most of the games I grew up with, and I'm, I'm kind of like landing. I, I went out and just just trying to find some new games. Like I bought a. Legacy of the Wizard the other day. I oh, I, I love that game. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, and I hadn't really played that much. I knew the music was awesome in that game, and the, mm-hmm. that's a hard game. But um, I, it is. I, it's one of those things that I don't remember seeing at the rental store that I went to a lot. So a lot of things like that. And uh, there's one game I've been I, I've emulated, and I'm, I want to get a copy of is that uh, Clash at Demon Head. And I think <laughs> this is kind of bad. The only reason I really knew about that game is because I was uh, reading those um, Scott Pilgrim comic books oh, nice. <laughs> and, that's, and there's i think there's a band in the a, a lot of that comic books about you know there's a lot of retro game uh things about retro games and i think clash of demon that was one of the names of the bands and i googled it one day because I, th- I thought i remember hearing that it was this <laughs> nes game i really want to get my hands on that but that was a real cool game that i never heard of yeah so uh, things like that but I, anytime i see a game that i grew up with that just kind of holds a special place in my heart i usually pick up so and um, around where i live there's not a whole lot of places to buy retro games um mm-hmm. The closest store that sells retro games is about an, uh, about an hour away, and then we we have some weekend flea markets for some guys set up some stuff. I usually hit those up, you know, once or twice a month. But uh, it, really, anything I come across at Goodwill or yard sales or any flea markets, I usually pick up if it's at a decent price. But um, yeah, definitely the ones that bring back the most memories for me since I, I was always upgrading throughout my life. So. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's uh, I've always seemed to have fallen in love with the games that I wrote the most about. I wrote a lot about gaming when I was in, you know, college and then coming out of it I just continued. So it's like if there was something that I wrote a lot about, eventually I if I didn't have it, I was like, Well, I think we'll, you know, pick this up. You know, I started with, with you know, the Atari twenty six hundred. Those are my earliest memories, you know, playing games like bowling and space invaders with my brother and my father and then uh, as I got older, I just, you know, the, the Super Nintendo, especially the role-playing games, just took over, they just took over my life. You know, summers I just spent 
playing like earthbound just while the kids were outside running around. I'm like, nope, can't go outside. Got to play earthbound. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it's just like, so for me, it's like, you know, there's games that I, I really wanted. And then once I had them, it's, it's kind of like if I see something that I remember from, from childhood, as far as like going over a friend's house or going over a cousin's house, you know, I, I'll pick those up. But when, you know, uh, my goal right now is I used to have 132 Super Nintendo games. Wow. And I don't have as, as much now because um, when I moved, a lot of them just kind of vanished. I don't know how they vanished, but they did. But I was very happy to know uh, that uh, recently, probably within the last year, I, I got a hold of a copy of Chrono Trigger. And that just, I'm like, as long as I have that, I, my collection is pretty much complete. <laughs> I'm not one. I'm not a com, uh, completionist. I don't have to have every single game. Now, I would maybe eventually if I actually start making money. I don't know if that will ever happen. but you know, uh, <laughs> Or making enough money to actually collect games. But I would like to see if I could get every single Sega Genesis game that was ever made. Just, just to see if I could do it. Um, but I, I think the, the main thing for me is if it's a game that... Uh, I've heard a lot of good things about it on another podcast or something like that. Is that's again, you know, one of the main reasons why I listen to Atari Twenty Six Hundred Game by Game podcast or uh, No Quarter because they they talk about games that were before my time that I've never played that I know are probably great games. So that's why I listen to a lot of podcasts because there's a lot of games I haven't played. In addition to that, just games that I grew up with that you know maybe my friend had or something I never had. But yeah, that that's that's basically me. I'm very kind of casual in in, in my collecting. So. So that's how I collect. All right, next forum topic. Oh, okay, since we're getting close to Thanksgiving, and probably by the time this is edited and posted on iTunes, it'll probably be a day or two after Thanksgiving, but uh, what game are you guys thankful for? So you got to pick one. Oh, i got to pick one. Huh. I'm probably going to have to go with Chrono Trigger. That's probably one of my all-time favorite games ever. It's one of those that I can, you know, play you know, for three or four months, set it down and come back and feel like I've, you know, like I've just picked back up and kept, kept continuing the story. And I, I managed to beat it once in my life and that was pretty rough. But after I beat it, it's like, Oh, do you want to do the new quest? And you know, it's lots harder. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, that's one of those games that I'm thankful for just for the fact that it shows that games, can tell an epic story and and convey emotions and give you characters that you actually care about and want to see do good and want to fulfill their goals. It it that's probably the game that I'm most thankful for. Nice, nice. That's the game that keeps on giving. That's that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine's definitely the first Diablo game for PC. Um, mm. This uh, it was one of the first RPG games I really dug into. Uh, I think I played Pokemon before this was really the only thing yeah, I can say. Right. RPG, but uh, this was the first RPG where you actually developed your characters. You, you know, you add to your your strength and your speed and your dexterity and everything. And uh, those games used to really intimidate me. And um, I remember a friend let me borrow Diablo, and I finally got a computer that could run it. And I, I mean, I played this game nonstop. It was just so much fun to uh, just to grind. I remember trying to beat the first uh, boss, the the butcher. And um, I went. I was at, I was playing as a rogue, and I had a bow and arrow, and I, I could not kill that guy. So I mean, I just was grinding, 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 and uh. <laughs> It's really cool because if it wasn't for this game, like I wouldn't be so into like the new Fallout series and the uh, 
Elder Scrolls series with Oblivion and Skyrim. I mean, those type of games remind me so much of Diablo. They're much more open world than Diablo, but just the character development and just grinding and exploring. I mean, Diablo kind of set the stage for me. And uh, right. of course, with Diablo 2, that was even that even felt better because I, I love the fact that when you would pick up a new sword or a new uh, piece of armor, you could actually see your character change with it. Uh, the first Diablo didn't do that until I, I think once you went reach a certain level, it would look different. But uh, but yeah, definitely Diablo because I mean I just I poured hours into that. It kind of changed my view on gaming. I, I I searched for these games more after that. I, I got more into RPGs after Diablo and really had a better respect for that genre because I, I I used to just get a little intimidated by RPGs. Um, just the, the time and the having to read through all the text and you know I'd, I'd get killed so fast and just want to turn it turn it off. But uh, that Diablo just just kind of made just kind of made made me who I am as a gamer. I think and what what kind of style I like now. Uh, I definitely have to go with um, Earthbound. Um, Earthbound is a game that, you know, I kind of stumbled upon at, at my cousin's house. Uh, we used to play Super Nintendo in the basement, and it's one of those games that just I loved it because it just how different it is from other RPGs. How you know I recently written an article about it, reviewing it, and it's just going through it again. Probably to me, with the exception of Chrono Trigger, probably one of the most complete, you know, classic RPGs there is. And I like that it's kind of quirky and it's kind of weird. And <laughs> there's, you know, no swords and shields, you know, baseball bats and $22 hamburgers that you buy at a restaurant and <laughs> to fill your health. And, you know, it's just really quirky. But I, I like the fact that it is quirky. And, and I'm very big because I. I'm so big into music, you know, the music in that game, I think is just very, very underrated. And, you know, there, there's still such a loyal fan base for that game. I mean, somebody translated a Game Boy Advance uh, import of the follow-up of that game from the Super Nintendo, and now they're making a fan-made follow-up to that. Was that Mother 3? Is that the one? Yeah, yeah, okay. for, the, for the Game Boy, for the game yeah. Boy Advance. And now they're making a fan-made version of Earthbound. That's supposed to be coming out in, uh, I think, sometime early next year. So, I mean, it's just such a such a loyal fan base and such a just uh, an all-encompassing game that it's so deceptive that you will sit and play it and go, oh, yeah, I must be only here for a half an hour. And you're like, oh, I've been playing this for three hours. Oh, okay. <laughs> so and I just those are my favorite kind of games are the games that, like, lure you in mm. and, and don't, you know, really, really let up. And I just also like to just say the music in the town threed uh, in that game, which is kind of like this zombie horror uh, kind of town, still scares the crap out of me <laughs> to this day. I still all these like, years later. Yeah, all these years later, I will, I, I, I'm at the part now where I'm just about to get there, and I'm like, I'm not doing this at night at work. I'm doing it <laughs> during the day. This music just creeps me out. Nice, nice. For me, it was really close between two, but I think the one I want to pick is definitely, I already mentioned it, Shining Force for the Sega Genesis. When I first played this game, it was actually, again, at my neighbor's house, uh, uh, Dave's house. He always had you know the newest games, and I remember when that came out in, I think, 1992. Uh, I remember the box art being really cool because it's this guy, uh, of course, he's got a mullet, you know. It was still early 90s, so I guess mullets were still in then. Uh, but it's this, you know, uh, huge guy that's, uh, you know, fighting all these skeletons and stuff. And I was like, ooh, the cover looks awesome. I didn't know it was a role-playing game. And uh, this was probably one of the first, besides Dragon Warrior, one of the first role-playing games I'd ever played. 
Uh, and there's so many things I like about this game. It's turn-based. The music's really good. The characters are really memorable. And the nice thing is, Sega wasn't really known for good RPGs, but uh, this was one of the very few good ones on the system. Another thing I really like about the game was the fact that it, it was the first time I'd ever seen when you leveled up, not only did your stats increase, but you physically changed after a while. Like, you looked different. It's like you were promoted, uh, and you had a different outfit on, or you transformed into some kind of animal or something like that. Uh, I remember seeing that for the first time, and that's what hooked me when I first played the game. Because uh, I wanted all of my players, or all of my characters, to le- level up and, I about want to say, evolve like the Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's not quite that, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that just really hooked me. And to this day, I still play the game. And to me, it's timeless. And as a matter of fact, I didn't really do a great job of keeping up with the series because they made so many sequels. Uh, there's one I just got on the Game Gear uh, called um, Rule of Hyia or something like that. It, it came right around the time that 2 and 3 were out. Uh, or 1 and 2 were out, so it must have been early 90s. Uh, never played it, but I've seen the screenshots. It looks just like the ones that I grew up playing, so I'm so excited to play that. So um, I am thankful for Shining Force for the Sega Genesis. That's cool. We all kind of picked RPGs, didn't we? We did. We did. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so the game we're going to be covering is Galaga. So, this is obviously a very popular classic arcade game. Uh, do you guys have any memories playing this one? I really don't. There wasn't, I never really saw a Galaga cabinet until I was probably about 11 or 12 years old. I'd, I'd seen a lot of Miss Pac-Man and a lot of Donkey Kong, but I never saw the Galaga. You know, I saw it over there kind of in the, the unlit portion of the arcade where the old games went to die. And I'm like, <laughs> well, you know, I got a quarter. I'll, I'll head over here and see what this is all about. And I played it, made it to the first bonus stage, and... By that time, I'm like, you know, this is a good game. Why is it over here in the in the cruddy games, you know? I mean, yeah, it's old, but it's fun. <laughs> uh, so that was probably my first memory of it, was just being amazed at why it was over there in the, I guess, reject island part of the arcade <laughs> and not with, like, the Street Fighters and the Mortal Kombats and all that. How old were you when you said you played this? <sighs> I was probably about 10 or 11. Okay, so that had been, what, mid-90s, I guess? Yeah, it's 95, 96 time period. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's right around the heyday of Mortal Kombat and uh, Street Fighter 2 and uh, Killer Instinct. You know, a lot of those popular fighting games, you know. It's a shame because there were still some classic arcade ga- uh, games in these arcades, but no one ever played them anymore. You know, besides the diehards from the golden era. So how about you, Nick? It's kind of the same as Landon. I remember going to uh, some of the arcades, and we really didn't have a lot of arcades in my area. I know, the, like, the county fair. <laughs> it's kind of country to say that, but the county fair always uh, brought in an arcade beside the Ferris wheel. <laughs> uh, oh, nice. We'd, we'd always uh, go into, but uh, I remember seeing a uh, Miss Pac-Man, you know, Galaga combo cabinet, and, uh, it, you know, it was a, you know, look, I'm looking at a picture now on, online, and it's just a gorgeous cabinet, but uh, I remember thinking, oh, I've played Pac-Man before. Let's try this Galaga game out. You know, it looks like an X-Wing from Star Star Wars or something. Like <laughs> used. But uh, I, I think it was mainly because there was such a huge line for Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat and all that stuff. I thought, you know, I'd waste a few quarters on this one, and I, I really liked it. It, it I, I love the game Space Invaders, and, and when I started Galaga, I thought, this is a lot. It just reminds me of Space Invaders, just being able to move left to right without all the... Uh, 
you know, duck and cover, shoot things. But uh, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it when I played that. And, you know, playing it again for preparation this podcast really brought back some cool memories. And, and I really enjoyed this game. But, uh, yeah, and I, I remember it was also at a local pizza place, the same kind of cabinet with the Miss nice. Pac-Man and the, and the Galaga all, all in one. So, and, I, and, of course, some, some guy comes in. Has some huge score you can't even touch. So, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't. I can't even get to the six digits. So. <laughs> My, I have really good memories of of this game. I the first time I played it, I was probably about, oh, I don't know, maybe seven or eight years old. They there was a, um, a skating rink in our area that was very very popular, and I was very very bad at skating, um, <laughs> which. It just, you know, I was the guy who was like holding on to the wall and going around. And, you don't know, I think you got to skate in the middle. <laughs> yeah, don't push me. I'm going to fall. <laughs> uh, you know, so, but I would, you know, often hang out in the arcade that was, you know, behind the skating area and Galaga was, was, was there. And I, I always remember just bugging my mother for quarters all the time. And, you know, basically she would like finally just giving in, like handing me like a $5 bill and like just, just, Go get yourself quarters and have fun. And I just remember playing it then. And then uh, several years later, um, I was actually at a laundromat in our area, and they actually had a uh, like a Pac-Man anniversary cabinet, but it also had Galaga in it. And I I played it then. It, it's it's one of those games that I have played in the arcades that I have um, on two of my consoles on the NES and the 7800. And I love every version of it, but nothing beats sitting and playing it in the arcades. And I try to find uh, any place I can to, to play it. The only place I've actually played it recently within the last couple of years was actually out in California at Redondo Beach Pier. Um, they have a place called the Fun Factory Arcade there, and they have, like, everything. Nice. And uh, that's actually where I posted a picture on the Facebook of me with a Pong machine. They have an original Pong machine at uh, at oh, that I place. Oh, I saw that. That was awesome. Yeah, that was. I took a bunch of pictures uh, out there with some of the arcade cabinets that were there. Uh, but Galaga was there as well, and I I I played it. Definitely one of my favorites. I wasn't. I can't say I was one of the best players at it, but it was always one of those games that I always came back to. Absolutely. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the skating rink. That's exactly what happened to me. I remember it was my sister's birthday, and it was a skating rink that was a couple miles from our house in Gloucester, New Jersey. Uh, but anyways, there was my mom gave me a couple of bucks, and I, I there was an arcade in this skating rink. I spent almost all of my money on the Simpsons pinball machine. I loved that game. I played the heck out of that. But and I only had a quarter left. Well, most of the games in the arcade were fifty cents. I was like, oh man, I can't find anything to spend this quarter on. And I found a Galaga machine. I never played one. I was, I'm assuming I was probably around 10. So I was like, okay, I'll try this out. I never played this. And, you know, and of course, you know, it had all the battle scars because it was, it was definitely an older machine. Uh, and it wasn't like a multi-cabinet or anything like that. So I, uh, I put it in and I play it. And I remember seeing the score at the top. And, you know, kind of like what you said, Nick, it was a ridiculously high score. And I'm like, oh, this game's easy. This is, you know. <laughs> uh, and then I quickly found out the game humbled me very quickly. <laughs> I found out how hard it was right away. I did remember liking it, though. And again, it's that classic case of a, a great game that's easy to pick up and hard to master. And I do remember that was the first time I played it. And then I remember playing it again uh, when I got my PlayStation 1. There was a game called Ridge Racer for it, which I believe is a Nanco game as well. And I think during the load screen, you could actually play Galaga. 
Was, is that right, or was it Galaxian? It was one of the two. Yeah, it was and, one and of the two. I, and I remember if you cleared all the uh, enemies off that first screen, you get like a secret car in Ridge Racer, which is pretty cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, you told me that. I had no yeah. idea. We kept resetting it, trying to get it. Yeah. So that was cool. It's the only time you actually look forward to a load screen. <laughs> yeah. Whatever happened to that, you know? I mean, that, that was so cool being able to do that. Was there another Namco game that did that too? Maybe the first Tekken? Uh, I wouldn't doubt it. Maybe not. But yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I just, uh, I remember loving the simplicity of the game. And uh, at the same time, let me just put it this way. Playing it this week, I found some techniques out that I'd never thought of before. And my score got had gotten much higher since I found these techniques out, but I would have never known if Landon, you hadn't mentioned it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what little tricks you can figure out to kind of boost your score in these games. But anyways, so Galaga is a Namco Midway game from December. It was released in North America in December of 1981. It was ported to the 7800 in 1987, the MSX in 84, the Palm OS in 2006, the Wii in 2007, 360 in 2007, and there are loads of arcade collections. I mean, um, it's also on the Famicom Disk System, the 64, DS, P uh, PS1, PS2, PS3, the iOS. I mean, Galaga is everywhere. <laughs> the number of simultaneous players is one, and the maximum numbers that can be played and alternated is two. It is a two-way joystick, left and right, and there's only one button to fire. There are three cabinet styles, three main styles. There's the upright standard, the cabaret mini, and the cocktail cabinet. Cabinets are very common, and uh, they range between $500 and $1,500 in price. Uh, and the, the legacy of the uh, Galaga series, it actually starts with a game called Galaxian, which came out in 1979. I'm glad you brought up uh, Space Invaders, Nick, because Galaxian was designed... I think Space Invaders came out in 78, uh, I believe, and Galaxian came out in 79. Uh, and it was designed to kind of offer more features that Space Invaders didn't offer. So, you know, because like the aliens and Space Invaders, they go left to right and everything, and they have this very predictable pattern. Well, in Galaxian, these not only do they you know operate left to right and everything, but also you have these the aliens or these ships or whatever they are. They look like bugs. Uh, they attack you individually as well. That was a new thing. And plus, Galaxian offered a lot more colors, uh, uh, a lot brighter uh, colors and um, that was definitely a nice change. Galaxian was a huge success in Japan and North America because of some of the enemies that would actually attack you instead of uh, using the predictable back-and-forth format. Galaga um, basically did what Galaxian did and made it even better. Uh, you could fire more than one shot at a time. Uh, you could get a hit-and-miss ratio. You could... Uh, so you can see how bad you are, you know? <laughs> and you would get a bonus stage after every few levels. I think it's like 10,000... You could get 10,000 points um, if you hit every enemy in your bonus stage. And another nice addition to Galaga were the Galagas themselves, which were the uh, spaceships that would throw out that tractor beam and try to suck you in. So that was definitely a new addition. But anyways, past Galaga, if, if you go further on kind of down the legacy, a game called Gapless, or Galpus, I guess? I'm not sure how to say it. I never played this one, but this was the sequel to Galaga. This came out in 1984. There was Galaga 88, Galaxian 3, uh, Attack of the Zolg Zolgare, Legions, and Legions DX. Those are pretty much what's c considered the Galaga canon. So, what do you guys think about the gameplay? I mean, uh, first trick I learned was to let the little Galagas take your ship if you have more than one life, mm -hmm. and then that uh, you have to leave two on the screen. You have to have one to abduct and one to kind of run the <laughs> circle pattern around you, and uh, if you blast the Galaga that captured your ship without hitting your ship, you get it and then you have twice the firepower. Yeah, I never knew that until you brought that up. 
I never knew that. <laughs> I was like, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> That's a cool trick. Yeah, I, I know the bonus stages. You know, when I finally got the two ships with the bonus stage, I was like, yeah, I got all, I got all 25 of them or whatever, and I got the 10,000 points. I was like, yes, <laughs> sweet. So how how far did you get, man? Like, um, how many levels did you get? I got to level nine. Wow, nice. Dang. So so what happened? I, I def I'll just go ahead and say it. I didn't get that far. What happens? Do, do the enemies are there more enemies? Do they get faster or they they get faster and they send more of those I call them suicide bombers at you because they send like two ships at you really really fast and you have to either get out of the way or shoot them. Right, right. And they shoot more than one blast at you. Like I remember like level eight, I saw a ship that blew me up. It shot me with a forward shot and then it had a diagonal shot going too where oh, I was gosh. trying to go over. So. Yeah, that, that's another tricky thing I've noticed uh, is, you know, when they when they fire, like, the bullets kind of go on a slant or the lasers kind of go on a slant and you have to try to avoid them that way. It's kind of hard to predict and avoid. I always find little cheap ways to uh, avoid <laughs> uh, any kind of fire coming at me. Um, I, I did okay the first few levels, just, you know, kind of scrolling left to right. You know, trying to move all the time, that was kind of my uh, strategy. But when things got real crazy, I would just either go all the way to the left or all the way to the right, and I would just kind of hide out there till it settled down a little bit. Nice. And then I'd come back out and just... It, it was always one of those constant movement games. I always found I'd die a lot easier if I just, just sat still and tried to try to focus in on one uh, ship. So, like, my accuracy stats would be awful because I was just <laughs> going everywhere. Um, but that, that was kind of my cheap trick to stay alive. I think I made it to level 12, and I had... Wow. Uh, 78,000 points, something like that. It was 78-something, but um, it, that was the the highest I got, um, and I kept trying to beat that and beat that, and I couldn't get anywhere past it. was actually like the second time I popped it in. Uh, I recently bought the uh, NES port of it, and I think it was the second or third time I, I started over. I got that score, and I never could beat it. It was like I, got, I kept getting worse every time I played it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's some secret AI chip in this uh, cartridge I don't know about. <laughs> and caught on to my cheap tactic. But, well, they uh, are aliens. They figured out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They're bug aliens, whatever they are. Yeah, but um, I'm right with Landon about the uh, suicide bombers. I didn't quite call them that, but that, that's a good description for them because uh, those things, get, they went a little crazy. And, and was there one that kind of split into like three or four different uh, ships yeah. at once? Yeah, Man, that, yeah. that drove me nuts. I mean, because I'm sitting around, you know, I'm going left to right like crazy just shooting. You know, I'm, I pretty much don't take my finger off the trigger. <laughs> and uh, those things start coming down. I don't even know where to go, and that's usually what would kill me. But uh yeah, I'd, I'd, like I said, I'd, if it gets too crazy, you can just go all the way to the left or right, and you're probably not going. You're probably not going to get hit. There's a few times I did get hit, but um, it was very rare. So I realized that for some reason, and I, I'm sure we can all say this, I was much, much better at this game as a child than I am now. Because <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I remember as a kid, you know, getting up to like level ten and like having my thumbs hurt, and you know, be call into my brother, get me a drink. I'm <laughs> and my brother would turn to my mom, he's still playing that stupid game. <laughs> you know, but you know, now it's like I get to like level five and I start like, of course, you know, when you're older and you, you get blown up in these games or whatever, it's, it's always the game. It's never you. This game is weird. Why is it? This is terrible hit detection. I hate this. Yeah, the program is poor. <laughs> the program is poor. And, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, the, the one thing that I'll always, you know, I always do when I play Galaga's, it's just, it's one of those games that, and I, I really do think this is lost on, you know, today's gaming is just, it really, it, it makes you nervous. Uh-huh. Oh, Before yeah. you play, it's one of those games you're just like, I know what I'm going to do, and then when it starts, you're like, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> yep. and, 
and it's just like for me, my my only strategy is is very simple, just keep firing and try to get the heck out of the way. And as far as those uh you know, kamikaze bugs, <laughs> uh, you know I I don't like them, but you know I I I like games like this because I I also play Demon Attack on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, which is somewhat similar but not as much. Uh, enemies just come out in waves, but they're not always constantly moving. They're just firing every once in a while, but it's just as intense because you kind of have to keep moving around. You can't really, you know, for me, it's like I, I, you know, can respect Nick's strategy, but it, with me, when I play that game, that, that thought process does not enter my mind. My thought process <laughs> is, I gotta get the heck out of here and just as many these things I possibly can. But I mean, it, it's still, I, I still think the gameplay is, is great. I really do think it's, uh, you know, very underrated in, the, in that aspect. Oh, I agree. And, you know, it's funny that you brought up that it's underrated uh, because I was searching up, you know, the all-time high score for this game. And, by the way, the all-time high score, I got this all this information off of an article that Patrick Scott Patterson wrote called Where Have All the Space Cowboys Gone? Uh, <laughs> it's uh, the all-time high score is 15,999,990 points, which was set by this guy named Stephen Krogman on June 1st, 1989. And then the cool thing is he played it again at Fun Spot on uh, May 29, 2000, racking up 11 million points and giving him a lot more, I guess, credibility because he did it live. But the thing is, there isn't another score listed in the top 10 on Twin Galaxies since the 1980s. I mean, why do you think that is? I mean, this seems like, I don't know, in the top, at least top five arcade games, this has, to me, this makes the cut. I just wonder why this this isn't more popular. People aren't trying to break this record. It's definitely a fun game, and it's a simple premise, but it's one of those it's a simple premise, but then it gets harder and harder and faster and faster and faster, and you have to you have to react. I wonder if the reason why the high scores, you know, that you that you saw that are from the 80s for the most part are the fact that newer gamers just didn't like it because it was a simple premise that just got harder and harder and faster and faster. <laughs> that may not have been just as good. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, like we've discussed, you know, you start sweating and you start getting nervous and you start thinking, oh man, you know, what? I gotta move here, I gotta move here, I gotta move here, I gotta move here. Oh gosh, the, the bugs are coming at me. What do I do? Oh man, I hope I have another missile loaded, you know. Oh, and by the way, that feeling when you're in a corner, alright, and, and you know there's nowhere else you can go and that bullet's coming straight at you. That's the most frustrating feel in the world. Like, there's nothing I can do to avoid this. <laughs> <laughs> Just have to take it like a man. Yeah. <laughs> and what blows my mind, it's it's 255 levels uh, that this, this game has. Uh, and it kind of like the kill screen in Donkey Kong or, you know, that, that weird uh, code screen that you see in Pac-Man. Um, this one, after a while, it just rolls over. It resets. Uh, so there is no definitive end to the game, per se. But... Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just crazy that no one, no one's really beaten that score since, or no one's even come close to beating that score since the '80s. And I just, I just wonder why. Maybe it is an underrated game. Maybe there isn't a demand for this game as as much as there is for Donkey Kong or Miss Pac-Man, or Pac-Man for that matter. Yeah, no, I, I like this game better than Donkey Kong Jr. or Pac-Man. In my opinion, I'd, I'd rather shoot up aliens than. than <laughs> And I'm saying I, I love Pac-Man, I, I love right. Donkey Kong. Get me wrong, but I, I would if I was in an arcade and saw those three machines, I'd go right to Galaga. I'm more of a Pac-Man player. I like, I love Pac-Man. That's like, give me Pac-Man and I'm happy. <laughs> you got the Pac-Man fever. I got the Pac-Man fever. I, I think I like Miss Pac-Man a little bit better than Pac-Man, but I, I could play both of them. I like them both. Do you still consider it a classic arcade game? That, I mean, this game. Is there anything you didn't like about it? No, I I liked it. I think it's. I think it's a solid arcade game. Mm-hmm. 
it, it definitely is one of the better, uh, I guess, space shooters from that era. Nice, yeah. I thought, to me, personally, like, I, I played Glassy and I played uh, 1943. I played a lot of uh, good shooters and stuff. You know, I, I'm going to step out on a, a limb here, and, and uh, I'm going to go with you, Nick. I, I think I like this. I like this better than Pac-Man. And Miss Pac-Man is definitely more sentimental because I played a lot more of that when I was a kid. So I can't say I like it better than that. But this is a great game, and the more I've played it, the more I want to continue playing it. You know, I you know going back to what we were talking about as far as like why is it you know underrated? Mm-hmm. I honestly think as far as you know, in reference to you know newer gamers, I think I've been writing a lot about this as far as like talked about in the one episode about my my generation retro uh, column. I really think that newer gamers are so used to being rewarded so quickly that they almost don't have the patience mm. for for a game like this. I think it's it's so easy to get frustrated when you're so used to, okay, I walked across the screen. Here's my reward. <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know, for that to just keep going and it, and it's so relentless, I think you know, a lot of kids that aren't being introduced to uh, you know, the classics aren't used to that kind of, you know, format, if you will. Um, as far as my you know preference of it, I've always been a big fan of games like it. I would probably put it and Pac-Man in the same mm-hmm. level as far as you know as far as what I like. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never really a huge you know Donkey Kong fan. I, I always liked it, but not as much as uh, Pac-Man and, and and Galaga. I could probably either one of those are fun for me to play for for hours. All right, guys, it's time for scores. So, uh, Landon, we'll start with you. What was your high score, buddy? Highest one I got was 60,900. Oh, you hoser. <laughs> That's all I got to say to that. <laughs> all right, how about you, Nick? Uh, it was 78,630. Oh, jeez. <laughs> all right, mine was tw- <laughs> 29,630. 630, right. yeah. Yeah, hey, yeah. All right, how about you, Atari man? Uh, seventy-two, three sixty-six. Dang. Yeah. I mean, clearly, yeah. clearly, my game was glitched. You know, there, there was the programming. <laughs> yes, Nick's fault. Yeah, he was distracting me with his cute kid videos. Yeah. See? <laughs> I couldn't look I away. Kids. That's why I had kids so I can distract people from playing games. <laughs> blows my mind there haven't been many people get into Galaga for the world record. I'd like to give it a shot one of these days. Nick, I was going to wait till we were done recording to tell you this, but I used to be a promoter before I got into classic games and writing. Let me ask you something. Do you think America is a land of opportunity? Oh, yeah? Atari Creed does, too. Listen, Nick, you've got talent, kid. And I'm not the only one who feels this way. Atari Creed has seen you play. He likes you. Let me ask you this. Would you like the opportunity to go head-to-head for the Galaga high score at the RJ Arcade this Thanksgiving day? No. What? You see, Atari Creed's the best. Me? I'm a ham and egger, you know? (laughs) Nick, I don't think you understand the opportunity that has been presented to you. You can't let this moment pass you by. Give me a second to think about it. Of course. Hey, yo, Mick, how come you cleared my high score on your old Galaga mission? I had that score for nine years. 
I'm saving the game for Charlie. He's a contender. You know what you are? What? A tomato. You know what? I've been coming to this arcade for 10 years, and for 10 years you've been sticking it to me. I want to know how come. You want to know? I want to know. Because you could have been a great player, but you threw it away to be a console gamer. You got heart, kid, but you play like an ape. Hey, I can play with the best of them. You should have saw me last week when I played Gallagher. Yeah? Who'd you outscore? Spider Rico. He's a bum. Listen, Mick, what if I told you I had the opportunity to compete against Atari Creed, the best Galaga player in the South? Hmm. When? This Thanksgiving. In two days? Oh, yeah. We're gonna need a montage. Work those thumbs, kid! Fire! <laughs> What you need is speed! Fast, greasy speed! Chug those raw eggs! Grab that tractor beam! Kill that Galaga! Use those double ships! Catch the chicken, Rock! Hey, my name is Nick! You're looking good, kid! Nick Stevens versus Atari Creed sounds like a monster movie. I can't wait till I'll play this twerp on his home turf. Hey Atari, this kid on TV looks pretty good. He's punching an old Cubert cabinet. Yeah, yeah, I'm busy. You ready, kid? Hey yo, Mick. Thanks, you know. Ladies and gentlemen, Ladies and gentlemen welcome, welcome to the annual RJ Galaga Tournament. The single game with the highest score heralded as the Galaga World Heavyweight Champion of the South. Going down, chump. Hey, yo, Mick, is this hoodie that gave me two baggies? You look like a champ. Nick, Atari, you ready? Okay, shake hands and play. Chuckies, I did it! Alright, I guess that's it for our Galaga episode. So if you have any feedback or questions for us, uh, send us an email at theretrojunkies at theretrojunkies.com. Uh, also, be sure to join our forums at theretrojunkies.com. Uh, it's a good way to get on the show and a good way to, uh, to give us some material to talk about in the future. Check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash theretrojunkiesupershow. And check out our Turtle Flakes page at facebook.com slash Turtle Flakes podcast. And uh, let's see, Atari Man, will you do the next one? <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you feel so inclined, 
uh, you know, all two of you, check out the uh, Sega Gems podcast, which is not approved by the SNES Empire, myself, um, Laura Chad. But uh, I'm sure it's a wonderful program, uh, and I'm sure I'll play some Sega games some century. But uh, it's at, uh, be sure to check it out at www.facebook.com slash Sega Gems. You know, I probably won't be on the show ever, but I'm sure it'll be wonderful. Thank you, Nick. Hey, that took a lot from you. I appreciate it. I, I, it did. <laughs> check out NES Podcasts at facebook.com slash NES Podcasts. Also, check out Old School Games at www.facebook.com forward slash Old School Games are us. And lastly, check out the NES Club documentary Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash the NES Club. Uh, so, on behalf of the guys and uh, myself, we wish you all a happy Thanksgiving and a good day and good gaming. Catch you later. Bye, guys. Enjoy that turkey. That's your hat. You can call me whatever you want to call me. <laughs> Just don't call me late for dinner. Oh, you beat me to it. Oh. <laughs> He's here all evening, folks. Try the veal. <laughs> Nine o'clock's my prop's bedtime anyway. That's right. I, I catch my stories at 8.30 and I'm done. So who I let the hogs out? Who? Would you wear a dress for the Mike Tyson version? <laughs> you're going to, by the end of this episode, you're going to be like, Nick, tell me more jokes about my teeth. Please, please, hurry up. I can take that. <laughs> sure. Meanwhile, at the game training gym. <laughs> Ash and his Pokemon Pikachu. How <laughs> come you cleared my high score on your Galaga machine, you know? Hey, yo, Mick, how come you cleared my high score on the old Galaga machine? A tomato! Never gonna look at a tomato the same way again. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> You know, like, my fiance is like, we need to go to the store to get a tomato. No, not a tomato. A tomato. <laughs> a tomato. You say tomato, I say tomato. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I've been coming to this arcade for 10 years, and for 10 years, you've been... <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I was going to say skitching it to me. Skitching. <laughs> Genesis drop, all right. <laughs> Catch the chicken, Nick. <laughs> oh, I, t- I totally messed it up. <laughs> Catch the chicken, Rock! <laughs> Apparently the Rock's cooking chicken. <laughs> you, you smell he's cooking? cooking? <laughs> you smell he's cooking chicken? Gosh, I was losing. I, thank goodness I muted that microphone. <laughs> they were 1980s B-movie quality. <laughs> That's what I'm shooting for. Okay, montage. <laughs> we're going to need a montage. <laughs> I think I, I think I might start like signing. You know, how you told me to sign that cartridge that you you know that you're gonna get from me. I I might sign Atari Creed. Oh, oh you gotta do it, man. You gotta do it. <laughs> do you guys know that Rob Rob's kind of like the the norm of my shop, like Norm from Cheers. We already set up a tab for him for December. Yeah, everybody knows my oh, name. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're gonna eat lightning and crap thunder.